Yeah, I think for me growing up, it was a lot more of, um, instead of verbal teaching, it was teaching by example. Uh, my dad, when I would wake up every morning between 6.30 and 7, he was at the table doing his devotions. Talk to parents who have kids, teenage kids sometimes doing dumb stuff, like smoking pot, doing drugs. And so I would tell them the parent was always getting on the kid and every conversation then becomes about smoking weed or whatever it is. Yeah. And I would tell the parent, listen, you can't make every conversation about that. So you take him out to breakfast, see how he's doing, open up lines of communication, build that relationship. But on the other hand, you got to make it stinking near impossible to be able to do bad, dumb stuff. Because that's your job as a parent, is keep them from doing it. I'm Bill McMinn, Senior Pastor of Eagleville Bible Church. And this is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's Word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. And we love to do it. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life, this is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill McMahon here with Adam Page, and it's Father's Day coming up, so I figured we'd yeah. talk about it, discuss it. I know for me, uh, the one thing I thought about my dad, if it wasn't for him, I can't, I can't imagine the trouble that myself and my brothers, not that we didn't get in trouble anyway, but mm-hmm. he really did keep a strong, <laughs> a strong arm on us, because when he was gone, if he'd be gone for a weekend, it was just my mom at home. That was that was interesting. Like we would just come in at like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. She would never say a word. My dad would have never put up with that for one second. <laughs> so we all knew that it was a good thing we had dad because he was that strong guy. And I learned a lot from him. And I think it's great. You know, it's a it's a blessing actually. I think one time I did come home. It was like two or three in the morning, and I can remember my dad was standing out on the sidewalk waiting for me in his pajamas. I would never be outside in my pajamas at that time of night, right. but he was waiting for me, and I knew that it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, my dad set an example for us that we still follow. He never wore pajamas. TMI, Bill. He never wore PJs, that guy. I still don't. Um, but anyway, uh, one night uh, we were coming home. We were out visiting the female counselors at a local Christian counselor camp mm-hmm. because, you know, counselor camp, why wouldn't you? And... Uh, so it was this Christian camp, and so we were going and hanging around with these girls that we liked and whatnot, and it was getting, like, way late. And so mm-hmm. we, my dad was at a board meeting that night for the church, and so we came home, and we were right behind him. Oh, wow. And I'm like, how are we going to get around him and him not know that it's us? We're sweating bullets because, like, we can't pull in the driveway behind dad because yeah. then we're going to have to explain why we're out this late and what was going on. And uh, so we get right to our street, East Center Street. We were coming off a road called Lower DeMunds. And uh, we, we got right there to the street. He turned right. Our house was left. And so he had another guy he had to drop off in the oh, board meeting. We're like, man. yes, because he didn't know it was us, <laughs> man. We scrambled up the street. You know, of course, you know, by the time he gets home, we're acting like we've been home for hours, you know. So he was, but man, you didn't mess with that. That's for sure. But uh, one thing my dad was good at, and I think this is for every guy, is just to be a provider. And I think that's really the crux of uh, being a dad. A lot of times dads get into kind of lulled into thinking that's all they have to do. Obviously, there's relationships and there's guidance and things that we do for our families. But that provision thing is something that needs to be respected because guys go out and they work hard all week long. And they really put it out there on the line and they sacrifice a lot for their spouse and also for their children. So hats off to dads. 
Yeah, I think no matter what you're doing, whether it's a, a manual labor or you're an IT guy, whether you're working in an office of putting all that hard work in for your kids. Uh, Bill, I want to know what your thoughts are on those that have the moms that are working and the dads are stay-at-home dads. What do you think about that? Um, I try not to think about that. So <laughs> it's kind of like every family. I only know a few of them that are like yeah. that. I think if that works for the family, some people that I know, a lot of times the guys when they're home are still working and doing things like they're kind of like uh, farmers or maybe not the full 1,500-acre, 1,000-acre yeah. crop farm or anything like that, but they're actually doing things and trying to run maybe side businesses and stuff from home. But, yeah, their their responsibility is for the kids. But then when those kids go to school, then they engage themselves in other things that are profitable and helpful. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I've talked to people and asked me what they think. I'm like, hey, if that works for you. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't. Number one, I, I don't have – enough compassion for if the kids were sick <laughs> to be a dad at home. I can't multitask like my wife can do. Like I would yeah. be a disaster and probably would have burnt a house down. Like if you would have had me be the stay at home dad, it wouldn't probably wouldn't have been good. Yeah. I'd always heard of it. And then this weekend I met somebody who is a stay at home dad and just really learning from him what that exactly is. Um, and his wife is a doctor and works all the time and he takes care of the kids. But yeah, I think having that that dedication to make sure that there is money there, that it is the house is being provided for, the kids are being provided for and, and taken care of. Um, and having that self-motivation, whether you're at home or whether you're at a job and taking care of that family. Well, I think too, a lot of times uh, families, when it comes down to it, moms and dads are both out working. It's not like yeah. the dad works or the mom works. Dad and mom both work outside the house. So obviously those families that have made that decision have made a financial decision to say, hey, you've got right now, got the best lead on a career, yeah. uh, whether it's a doctor or some other type of profession. And we are going to choose to have one of us always home with the kids because we don't want them in daycare or be latchkey kids or whatever. And that that's a decision. And, and I, I'll respect that decision. Yeah. So whatever uh, somebody wants to do. But I think typically the dad's still at home. I think dads should provide, uh, even if it's that support at home and helping out and doing the best job that you can do. But in 1 Timothy 5.8, it says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So again, dads who are out there and they work hard, a lot of times it's expected because yeah. your dad, and that's what you do. You just get out there and you work. And I know as a minister, uh, when my kids were growing up, I mean, there's plenty of nights. I remember telling the board, actually, I can't be out five nights a week anymore. I just can't do it. I'll be out four nights a week, three nights a week, but I, I just can't be out five nights a week yeah. and, uh, because I got kids and I want to be home with them. But I think they understood. And then even being a dad, when we redid our house and we had to tear this house apart and it took a year of our time to provide a house for my children. And we were, I was exhausted by the time that was over and all the just grunt work and brunt work that we had to do to get an uninhabitable house livable for my family. But we had three kids in one little bedroom where we were, yeah. we had to do something. And uh, so to me, I gave up a year of my life to do that working every spare minute. I probably worked till midnight every night and mm -hmm. still full efforts at the church. And if I got done at nine o'clock from doing stuff at the church, then nine to uh, 11, nine to midnight, I'm working on that house. And, and we just went through this every spare minute that I had went into doing that. But I felt that it was worthwhile because you're doing that for your kids and provide still the house that we live in today. I mean, mm -hmm. all my children grew up in that house. All my children have fond memories of that house, but it took a lot of work to get there. Mm -hmm. And I would never do it any other way. You know what I'm saying? I would do it all over again if I had to. 
So that extra time you're saying was a providing for your family being there. It wasn't just for you and your wife. You're putting the time in for your kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I, I've never had an empty nest. I mean, I've been yeah. in that house 20 years. <laughs> I haven't had an empty nest. Well, actually, it's longer than that. It's in uh, 22 years now almost. Uh, yeah, I haven't had an empty nest yet. So, yeah, my children are still there, at least one. And so they all come back to visit. And, yeah, it's, it's home sweet home. And so I yeah. think it's a great thing. But, yeah, it's just something that you do for your kids. Uh, there was somebody else in our church, a young man, and he was talking about he he works full time. He's got a lot of responsibilities. He does things here at the church in way of service as well. And he's building a house. And so, and he just had a kid. And I told him, look, I know what you're going through, man. I've been there before because he's trying to do a lot of work for himself. I said, you won't regret it because when you're all said and done, you're going to be able to look back the rest of your life and know this is what I went through for you guys. Yeah. Just to do that for you. So I think it's a beautiful thing, actually. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think it's also, you know, it's that balance of, of doing it for a season. And right. then when that season's over, you know, kind of recouping that time with your kids and spending that time with them and letting them know. I mean, I've had my kids ask me, you know, you're out so many nights of the week. When do we get you back? Kind right. of a thing. Right. And um, letting them know that there is a time to the end of it and that we will be back to, you know, tucking them in at night, right. investing in them, praying with them at night and, uh, you know, really showing them uh, that they're loved and they're cared for and, that they, you know, and reminding them that this is, I'm doing this for you. Right. Is why we're doing it. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great thing. So it's always that that push. And like you said, as a balance, one thing that you don't want to do, uh, as a, I came, my dad was a workaholic. You know, yeah. I tend to be a workaholic. Uh, so what I would do is I would take every Sunday off when I wasn't preaching. Like, I never did any work around the house. I just spent time with the kids. We either biked or hiked or went and got ice cream or we were, we were always together. Yeah. Then, and there were certain nights that were sacred when the kids were little. And I would always be there to spend time with them. Even if I was out other nights, that would be like they would know. I don't plan anything on this night because that's your night. So usually Monday night, Friday night, I would try to. Saturday is when I was off. Sunday, we used to do Sunday night church, so that was kind of rough, you know, because you, would, you wouldn't have a lot of time on Sunday afternoon because by the time you got done church, eight, you'd be back getting ready for the next service. So by 4 o'clock, you're, you're already back at the church, and you're going to be there till 8 o'clock at night and, or 8.30. So, yeah, they were, they, they were long days in the old days. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. Not as much about that now. But I would definitely encourage dads, like my dad works sometimes three jobs and there are times you didn't see him. And I don't, I think there's gotta be a balance cause you don't want to be working so hard. You kids never see you. I mean, there were, there were nights when I was in high school and maybe even when I was out of high school one year, we would go see my dad when he was working at a gas station, pumping gas, just trying to make ends meet. We would go there and tell him, you sit down, we'll go to the pumps. We'll go pump because they were full service. Yeah. We'll go take care of the cars. We'll pump the gas you stay off your feet because he'd already been working all day and oh, now wow, he's working yeah. a second job. So we'd actually go some nights just to help him do his job because we felt sorry for him. Um, and we loved him and we wanted to be with him. So, yeah. Uh, but then uh, guidance is another part. I mean, provision is part of being a dad and guidance and teaching our kids. In Deuteronomy 6, 6 or 9, it says, these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol to your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gate. In other words, that word of God's got to be prevalent in your life. Oh, definitely. And as you know it and you understand it, you're teaching your kids and that's a responsibility of a father father is to give guidance and, and a mom too. I'm not saying just dad. I mean, moms and dads both do it, but you know, we need to make sure that we're teaching our kids. Yeah. I think for me growing up, it was a lot more of, um, instead of verbal teaching, it was teaching by example. Uh, my dad 
when I would wake up every morning between 6.30 and 7, he was at the table doing his devotions. And then he had his own uh, business, his lawn business. And he was working that um, five days a week and then half day on Saturday. And so most of the time where we talked at all, it was on the job site. Right. It was working um, and him showing me what self-motivation looks like and right. the meaning of a dollar actually being out there and talking about what's going on in my life. So there well, wasn't a ton of time. There was some time, you know, just him and I, you know, going to a car show or something, but it was on the job learning what hard work was there at the job site. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had a kind of an interesting time. I mean, when my kids were growing up being a pastor, like yeah. I never asked them, okay, what did I preach about today? I never asked them, what did you learn junior church day? Because I didn't want them the home life to be, because when you're a pastor, church encompasses comes everything, everything that you do. Yeah. Uh, every, every part of your life is church. I didn't want to come home at moments where, you know, I wasn't at church and then be grilling them on questions. I never knew anything of what they thought about me as a preacher until they were in college. Mm. And I never did ask. Like, they yeah. just said, like, I never asked what they thought of a sermon, never asked them what they got out of it, because I didn't want them to, yep, church is a drudgery. Dad's going to grill me every Sunday after. But you would also, they were homeschooled for a long time, so they were getting Christian education there. Yeah, They were in church. They were in the children's programs and things like that. So I knew they were getting a lot of Bible information. But mm. then I would try to teach them certain principles, like hard work and success go hand in hand you know, what I expect from you. Like I would talk to them and drive them at certain times, like not in a car. I mean, drive, drive like a drill sergeant, drive them uh, towards certain things and learn how to work hard and, and uh, try to teach them service, you know, the importance of it. Like my daughter said one day, you know, dad, you taught us serve God and serve others. And good. You know, if I was able to communicate that to you, then you learned something yeah. because I wanted to communicate basics, but that hard work and success, I mean, I would repeat stuff like that over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite things is, it's kind of like I was saying with my dad is I try to bring the kids with me to church and have them see what life is like as a pastor and also just having them, you know, join around things around the house. I mean, my kids are, are still young, but like we painted our deck the other, uh, the other week and having one of our daughters out there and painting and uh, one of our daughters did a lot more talking than painting, but, right. <laughs> but she got to be out there and at least got to see when it was all done right. and what, that it paid off and got to right. be a part of that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities you have as a parent. Just I remember my son was five. It's so funny because I was always one of those we do when we move, we move together. Like I'm more into like unit. We move as a unit. So if we're out yard sailing, we're all yard sailing together. Yeah. We all get ice cream. We all get it together. We all have to eat. We're, we're obviously together. When I work in the yard, it might only be a couple hours on Saturday, but you will be with me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I am not going to be out here by myself. Sometimes I'd have to go collect them and, you know, find them hiding behind bathroom doors and whatnot to get them out there. And all of a sudden I found out that, you know, if they were brushing their teeth before bed, it took 30 seconds. If they were brushing their teeth before coming out to work with me, it'd be 45 minutes, you know? So, yeah. And finally I have to come drag them out there. But I remember telling my son one time, he's five years old, this isn't the club med, get going. You know, <laughs> <It's not club laughs> let's, let's go, let's go. Because if they were standing around or whatever, because I'd be like, let's just get it done, guys. And they would love yeah. it in some ways because they get to ride on the tractor and a trailer and we'd be, because we oh, definitely. had a dilapidated property. We had barbed wire everywhere. So yeah, did I let my kids come help get barbed wire off stuff and move trees? Yeah, I did actually. 
actually. So no one was hurt and they all survived. So it was a good thing. They didn't wear masks and have to be six feet away no, from no, you? No, they didn't. In fact, when we <laughs> emptied all the all the dead hay out of the barn, there was a pile that went up as a bank barn. So the one side, the, the top floor, is a whole story above the ground. And we'd throw all this hay out there, and then we would take it out back and burn it. They'd run out of the barn, jump out that big door into the hay. And, you know, I always try to make it fun, too. Like, yeah. working, you can still have fun, you know, while you're doing it and still play. If you're raking leaves, you always get to jump at them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I think that's always great things. But I think whatever, you know, whether it's Bible stories, how you expect them to behave, what you want them to do, I think is is all those things. But it says here that the word of God, it needs to be in your heart. That's what Moses said. These words that I'm giving you, they need to be in your heart. And if the word of God is not in the heart of dad, yeah, how, how are you as a dad going to communicate that? If that word of God, like David said, I hid my word in or hid your word, God, in my heart that I might not sin against you. How in the world am I going to convey that to my kids if God's not impacting my heart? So I've got to spend time in the word of God and allow God to impact my heart so that I can in turn impact my own kid's heart. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop like five, six years old and you're done or 12 years old or 18 years old. All my children are in their 20s. I still have had to communicate to them certain principles. This is what God expects or, hey, you do a good job or challenge them on certain things because you're always going to be a dad. So I think example too is part of it too. It's like a lot more is going to be caught than taught. That's a fact. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, part of it is being in God's word on a daily basis and sharing that with your kids and what you're learning. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy is our kids, we have a, they have a book that they write down their prayer requests in, and I have them ask their grandparents too and others, what are their prayer requests? So they can get to know their grandfather, their grandmother, you know, spiritually, and right. to see that they actually have a heart for God too. It's not just me. It's not just because I'm a pastor, but there's others who actually have a serious relationship with God. Right. And it's something that they need to cultivate too. You know, and even in discipline, it's been, you know, my desire is that you come under godly authority, not just uh, because I say so, but because this is what God has, right. and he, he's ultimately who we obey, and that's why we respect elders, that's why we respect the police, and we respect our, our elders in the church, right. is that's because that's what God has set down for us. It's not just because that's what I personally believe. Right. So don't, don't say if you're mom or dad, do it because I said so. <laughs> Give them the moral reasoning behind it. Also a protection. So... So when it comes down to being a parent, you provide, uh, you're going to give guidance, and then you're also going to protect. And my, my job as a dad is to keep you from doing dumb stuff. Now, I've talked to parents who have kids, teenage kids sometimes, doing dumb stuff, like smoking pot, doing drugs. And so I would tell them the parent was always getting on the kid, and every conversation then becomes about smoking weed or whatever it is. Yeah. And I would tell the parent, listen, you can't make every conversation about that. So you take him out to breakfast, see how he's doing, open up lines of communication, Build that relationship, but on the other hand, you got to make it stinking near impossible to be able to do bad, dumb stuff because that's your job as a parent is to keep them from yeah. doing that. So you got to do everything you can to make it as hard as possible for them to get away with stuff they shouldn't be doing because there's some things you got to put your foot down. Like when it comes to immorality and drunkenness and partying and drugs, you put your foot down, you put it down hard, and you don't yeah. mess around. That's going to be how it is. But you're also building a relationship because that's how you're going to influence your children as well. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Ted Tripp makes a really good explanation of this stuff in Shepherding a Child's Heart and 
and the talking of the instruction of a child and the discipline of a child should be, you know, kind of an axis, that it should be a balance there. It's not like you were saying continual discipline all the time, but it's it's balanced with discipline and instruction of, of really what we want them to right. be doing. I think it's interesting in Proverbs, you know, 22... 15, where it talks about the foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will remove it. And that's, you know, that's not being anger or venting the anger at them, but it's helping them to come under, you know, God's authority and realizing that, you know, ultimately, you know, there's going to be punishment for that rebellion and we want them to love God and we want them to pursue, you know, so that discipline isn't always, you know, a spanking or anything like that, but it can be a timeout or a time away from their phone or anything like that. Oh, no, I would agree with that 100% because you can't, you, you can't, I heard one pastor say it this way, you can't be all love and you can't be all authority. If you're all authority, no love, then you're kind of uh, legalistic. Yeah. And if you're all love and no authority, then you're permissive. But you have to meet in the middle between the love and the authority. But I think there's a lot of stuff that, and maybe we'll do another show on it, in ways that you've got to protect your family. There are places you shouldn't let your kids go. There are things you shouldn't let them see. Yeah, definitely. You just shouldn't. And when you hear a little five-year-old talking about some R-rated movie that they've been watching, you wonder, what is going on? It's like, is no one safeguarding this kid? Are you going to let him watch whatever? Because when I was six years old, they a babysitter took me and let me see Rosemary's Baby. No, and I, was, I only ever saw it then when I was six years old. I never saw it again. I, I spent a lot of time in the concession stand because I was so dang scared. I remember my dad and a missionary friend of his from the church, because my dad was just getting his life right with the Lord, sitting down with me in my bedroom and trying to explain to me how this wasn't real and it was just Hollywood because I was scared to death. Oh, yeah. Whatever it was that I saw in that movie frightened the ever-living daylights out of me, and I was really having a hard time and a struggle with it because somebody thought it would take a, be a good idea to take a little kid like me out to a movie that I had no business be seeing in the first place. So be protective uh, when you're a dad. I know there's a lot of other things, uh, social media and whatnot, pay attention to what they're going, talk to your kids about it. We appreciate you tuning in to hear the Way to Go podcast. Again, as dads, we appreciate all your provision, your guidance, and your protection that you give to your children. You all have a great week.